The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, I wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. Joining me now to break down the final three games of a, a thrilling wild card weekend to look at Sunday's football action, Ryan Wilson and John Breach. Hello, fellas. Hey, the good news is I don't have to get another Ryan Finley tattoo. Just one. That's the that's the highlight so far of... of uh... Week 18, if you will. Wilson, Brent and I were talking about beforehand. We thought about saying, uh, we said to ourselves, man, if the Browns put up 48, maybe we should pity wise let Wilson out of this tattoo. But then we said, no way. <laughs> <laughs> you lost and the tattoo's still on. Yeah. No chance. Uh, by the way, if you are hanging out with us in Twitch or on YouTube or on Periscope, I guess, thank you for watching. We are live. It's 1230 in the morning, Eastern time on Sunday night. And, uh, we're, I think we're apparently have sort of shoehorned ourselves in doing live podcasts for the foreseeable future, much to Ryan's, uh, excitement. We are going to be live Thursday, 4 p.m. Eastern when we do our pick shows. We'll do that for the next two weeks. And then I presumably we'll do something for the Super Bowl. And then of course, next weekend for the divisional round. We, uh, we'll be doing noon Eastern pregame shows for both of those. I don't know if that's correct, Ebo. I would guess we would go an hour before the 4.30 game on Saturday, right? Yep, hour before. Sure. Sounds good. Um, we'll let you know more about that. But noon Eastern on Sunday, I would guess, is what we're going to do. I would assume we do an hour leading up to it, but we'll be live on Twitch. It's twitch.tv slash CBS Sports HQ. You can download the Twitch app on your phone, smart, uh, smart device, or you can just go on your uh, browser and check it out. If you're watching us live, make sure to download, subscribe and rate and review. And if you're hanging, if you want to come watch us live, we'll be recapping. So next weekend for the divisional round, fourth quarter watch parties, we will watch the fourth quarter of the, of the games on Twitch. It'll be me and Breach. Wilson will pop in after those are over. We'll try and find somebody who's interested in the game to join us. Um, like for the Buffalo game, maybe we'll get RJ White and watch him suffer as the Bills choke to the Ravens or something like that. Then we go straight to the post game pod live on Twitch, which you can watch. You can see the sausage being made. You can see Ryan's angst at having to deal with all of this. 
uh, when he is hours away from his family and for some reason wearing a Browns tie despite being a Steelers fan on a day that the Browns knocked the Steelers out of the playoffs, maybe ending the, I don't call it a dynasty because it hadn't been that successful, but the pretty impressive run by the Steelers over the last decade plus, 48-37 Browns win. Obviously, the Browns covered. Obviously, the over hit. Every alternate Browns total probably covered. Every alternate over probably hit. Um, what's your initial reaction to this debacle, the latest playoff debacle from Mike Tomlin, who now has four one-and-dones in the playoffs as an 11-win or better team. Those losses are to Baker Mayfield and the Browns, Tim Tebow, Blake Bortles, and somebody else that's awful. It ain't Andy Dalton, I know that. The last two Steelers home playoff games. I'm dunking on everybody tonight. Uh, before I get dunked on. Last two home playoff games at Heinz Field, 2017, 45 points to the Jaguars and Blake Bortles. Saturday, Sunday night, 48 points to Baker Mayfield. Uh, so look, here's the thing. Like, two, the first half, that wasn't Mike Tomlin coaching. That was Roethlisberger, Marquise Pouncey, just making a bunch of stupid mistakes. And, you know, I've been saying it for years. They play down to the level of their competition. And you can say what you want about the Browns. They had half the team hurt. They had guys out there. They had no head coach. By the way, how crazy is it that uh Mike Prier, isn't he Mike? Mike Prier? Prefer. Prefer. He has more playoff wins than Freddie Kitchens and Kevin Stefanski combined. And Marvin Lewis. And Hugh Jackson. Oh, God. Uh, the best story was that Chris Collins were told is that his Mike Prefer's kids, because he had he's coached one interim game for the for the Vikings before when uh, Mike Zimmer had eye surgery. And he filled in for him and lost to the Cowboys. And his kids, his own children, call him one and or oh and one. <laughs> that is savage. And then Cosworth tells that story, and Al, and Al uh, Michael's like, yeah, but they covered. Like, put it. It's full. So, here's the thing. So what was the score at halftime, Breach? 35 to 10? 35 to 10. And we did the halftime show on HQ, and Eric Casillas said. Were you what? in tears? I didn't see it. No, that that wasn't me. Um, and you guys probably know this. Like, well, Brent, Brentson doesn't have a team. He's a Panthers fan or Philip Rivers fans. But when you're at work, you can't act like the butthole. You act like when you're at home in your basement and you yell this right. and stuff. So you have to tone it down and you sort of accept things, uh, that seem inevitable. But Eric Casilli said at halftime, said, look, all the Steelers have to do, it's a long shot, but they, if they score two touchdowns in the third quarter, the Browns butt's going to pucker and you're, you're going to have a chance. And he was reading off the win probabilities by play by play in the third quarter as they were driving. It went from, I guess it was probably 2% at halftime. It was 7%. It was all the way up to 24%. And then at the end of the third quarter, after they cut the lead to 12 points, facing a fourth and one on your own 46, you punt. And not only do you punt, you take a delay of game to make it fourth and six back to your own 41. And not only do you take that delay of game, you punt the ball out of the end zone 30 yards change in field position. Breach put this uh quote in the slack, which infuriates me. Tomlin was, of course, asked about it after the game. He said, we have some stops. We had some stops. We want to pin them down, provide a short field for offense. I wanted to keep the momentum going in terms of field positioning. You kick the ball out of the end zone, number one. Number two, you had the ball at midfield. The Browns were reeling. And here's, you know, I say this all the time on the podcast. Reeling. If you're a Browns fan, if you're a fan of a team that's losing momentum, I guarantee you a hundred times out of a hundred, you are doing jumping jacks of joy. I don't know if that's a thing that the, the Steelers chose to punt in that situation. If they're going for it on fourth and one after scoring two touchdowns by basically marching them down the field after a three and out previously by the Browns, you're crapping your pants. 
There's no, the only change in momentum by doing that is the air going out of the Steelers team. And I was watching the game with, with Eric Casillas and Joe Musso down in the downstairs. And we all said, that's it. Momentum gone. You kick the ball out of the end zone. It makes it even worse. Here's the other thing. The Browns come right back down the score. So that, that's a seven point swing. Let me finish the point and then you can go. Yes, the Steelers come back and score four minutes later, four minutes off the clock by the time they originally punted on fourth and one. So the Steelers come back and score, but they miss the two point conversion. So basically what you've said is for four minutes of game time in which you're trailing by 12, you're willing to trade a minus one points and you don't have the ball because then you score a touchdown. And you have to kick it off to the Browns. It makes no sense. It is the worst play call that I can recall in the Mike Tomlin era. He was hired in 2007. It was idiotic. I, there was no excuse for it. Zero, none. Even Mike Vrabel thought that was a terrible play call. <laughs> so we went live to start the fourth quarter on the Twitch stream, which, by the way, so that Mike Tomlin punt happened one hour and 43 minutes ago. It feels like 72 years. Um, but we, we were going live. It was the very first play of the fourth quarter. Cause he let the clock run down to the third quarter. So we're like kind of firing up and we're like, and we're sort of talking about we're like, yeah, you know, obviously they're going to, and we're like, Oh my God, they're bringing out the punt team. You know, yeah. the worst thing is we have the, the network feed, so we don't get the commercials, but we see the camera and I see Danny Smith, the special teams coach. I said, why, why is the camera on him? This is during the commercial break. Then I see Jordan Berry, the punter. I said, what, what are they doing? What, what could possibly be going through anyone's mind that you're sending them out there to punt the ball on fourth and one from the 46 on the first play of the fourth quarter where you're down 12 points? I was like, Nick, cost us right now. <laughs> and this is, I literally said that, look, if you were down 28 to nothing at the end of the first quarter, you send your punt team to the locker room. You say, guess what? You guys are done for the night because we're not punting. We're down 28 to nothing. The only way we're coming back is by going for it on fourth down every single time. And the thing is, if you go for it on fourth and one there, there are three things if you don't get it, that's worst case scenario. Now, the Browns take over, and there's three things that are going to happen. Only one of them is bad, and that's if they score a touchdown. Otherwise, maybe you stop them. They have to punt because you're – and everybody's so enthusiastic. It's like, oh, yeah, Coach Wentford on fourth down. He had some confidence. Or they drive. They get like two first downs. They kick a field goal, and you're only down 38 to 23. That's still only two scores. Instead – you gave yourself no chance. If you get it and you go down, score a touchdown. Uh, guess what? Now you're only down thirty-five to thirty. I mean, that's it's 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 bonkers. Well, and as Breach pointed out at the time, as we were watching this unfold, and I just looked it up, they got to the spot where Pittsburgh punted it. They got to Pittsburgh's forty-one in less than two minutes. So, like you. What did you gain here? You are down 12 points. You are staring a historical comeback in the face. You have nothing to lose. You're down 35-10 at halftime. The whole goal is just to pull out some, was it, what does Jason, uh, Witten say or some rabbit out of your ass? I mean, like that's, you're, you're trying to pull a miracle out of your head or something like that. Rabbit out of your head or a foot out of your head or whatever it is. And the idea that you would punt there when for an entire quarter, Ben Roethlisberger has looked awesome. Has made great decisions, albeit that one almost interception, has thrown the ball way more accurately. Receivers are running wide open. You're gonna pick up the first down. You're gonna pick up a couple more first downs. You're gonna be in the end zone and it's gonna be a one score game. And every Browns fan and every Browns player and every Browns coach and every person involved around with or near the Cleveland Browns is gonna have their little bungholes about the size of a pea head. Cause I mean, like they are going to be melting down. That is when you have Baker Mayfield make a massive mistake. He tried to throw a pick six in that third quarter. They were melting down. 
They wanted to melt. They understood the pressure. They understood the weight of not having won a playoff game. And all you have to do is get that fourth down, go score a touchdown, and you're winning the game. It's over. It is over if you get a touchdown there. And I cannot for the life of me. When you're seeing how badly your defense has been gashed, how poorly they're playing, and how well your offense is playing in the third quarter, why Mike Tomlin would decide to do that. It is a tough, tough call. Worst call of the weekend by far. Like I said, worst worst call of, Mike, yeah, yeah, worst call of the Mike Tomlin era by far. I, I, if Mason Rudolph is the quarterback, fine. If Duck Hodges is the quarterback, fine. If Nick Chubb wasn't running through your defense like they weren't there, fine. If you just hadn't scored two touchdowns and had a ton of confidence, fine. But what are we doing? And by the way, they botched a couple of those two point conversions, when to go for them, when not to. Look, Carnegie Mellon, I went to grad school there. It is literally in the city of Pittsburgh. It is filled with nerds. Some of the smartest people on planet Earth, engineers, mathematicians, physicists, go over there and say, hey, please help me figure out what to do at the end of the halves, second and fourth quarter, because I'm killing this team by doing stupid stuff. Well, Ryan, maybe if uh, the Steelers head coach would have gotten a college degree from a better university. Oh, ho, ho, ho. up high. Down. Down. You completely ruined uh, Ryan's I went to Carnegie Mellon humble brag there. Good job. Here's the other thing. Brief stuff to myself. Where did Ben Roethlisberger go to college, dummy? I can't hear you. There's the the one college that has two head coaches left in the NFL playoffs, Ryan. Oh, oh double dunk. John no, 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 no. McVay and John Harbaugh. That breach, that's not a double dunk. That's a late. Quarterbacks went 0 and 2 on Saturday. You're not getting any more. We're not talking colleges right now. Um, by the uh, way, I put up a poll on uh, which terrible punt was worse, Tomlin or Vrabel. Tomlin got 62.1% of uh, over 1,500, 1,600 votes. Uh, Vrabel just 37.9%. I kind of agree, and I made that argument with Breach. I mean, just you're you are dead in the water. Uh, KMeads42 asked which decision was worse on Twitch. I think Vrabel's. I, both were terrible, but I think at least Vrabel's is like, all right, you know, we're gonna try and pin them, and we're down four. We're hoping we can just be down seven. Worst case, maybe we make a stop. Maybe we, you know, maybe we something. Tomlin's is like, dude, you're down twelve points at the end of the third quarter. What are you doing? I, I I can't wrap my brain around it. Like I can wrap my brain around Roethlisberger throwing interceptions. He does it. That's what he does. I think, I think I think if they convert that fourth down, they win the game. Well, and that's the thing is like we can't sit here and dissect the first half because it's all just weird stuff that just kind of went haywire that doesn't happen in games. You know, like the, the center snapping it. This isn't Super Bowl Forty Nine. It happened to Peyton Manning. They got a safety. How did? James Conner or Ben Roethlisberger not hit the ball out of bounds or, or they were both on it. They both had a chance to fall at the one yard line and Ben pulled a Cam Newton from Super Bowl 50 and wanted nothing to do with jumping on that football because he knew it was going to get plowed on. Uh, I cannot believe the Steelers did not recover that, but it was all weird things like that. I think what two of Ben's first half interceptions got tipped. Doesn't matter. I mean, those are things no, I'm saying, I'm saying though that it was all just weird. The right. limited ticket. Right. Series of unfortunate events. That's not a, those aren't coaching concerns, but the one huge coaching gaffe overshadows everything that happened before it. Because you were, I mean, that team came out flat, lazy. You can't, look, you can't tell Marquise Pouncey, who's been in the league since 2010, to snap the ball properly. That's something you probably shouldn't have to tell him. You can't tell Big Ben not to throw interceptions when you know that's what he's going to do. That's not on Mike Tomlin or Randy Fickner. Or- I'm just telling you, the Steelers showed up. Expecting to just win. Telling me that. I mean, that's all I talk about. 
Well, that, that's how they should I be, mean, but that's, that's partially. They, like they showed up expecting to lose. Well, they look like they showed up like, we don't have to do much. We're going to just plow this Brown team and, and get on with it. I don't think that's, I mean, they've come out flat for the last two months. I mean, let's be honest. It reminded me a lot of the Colts game. Yeah, I was going to say, they came out flat against the Colts. They just got hot in the second half and, and Frank Reich didn't do a good job coaching in the like, second half. But I mean, like, just like this game, like they, well, my point is that they weren't like thinking they were going to roll this team. All right. So well, right, let's, I mean, I don't know I how think the crazy part real quick is that for the last, ever since the Steelers lost to the Bengals, Wilson was so calm. He's like, they're one and done. I don't care. They're one and done. This team's done. But then when he saw they were playing the Browns last week, he was like, they could probably win that game, but then they're going to lose the next one. Any oh. other opponent and who the hell thought they were losing this game with no players in the Browns? I mean, that was no a huge coach. No coach. Right, yeah. But, I mean, it's like I was going out on a limb so they're going to beat the Chiefs. It's like they're going to beat a Browns team with four players. <laughs> I know, but that's what I'm saying. Like, if they'd be playing. The Browns are playing, 17 in Pittsburgh. If if they were playing the Colts. Hadn't won a playoff Dolphins, game since 1994. Colts, Dolphins, Ravens, Bills, Chiefs, Titans. Any of those teams, you would have picked, I would have picked an upset. Because it was yeah. the Browns. And, by the way, we'll talk about this later. You know the biggest loser on Sunday night? It wasn't the Steelers. The uh, Bills, the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. Um, okay. So, is there any concern about Mike Tomlin's job? I, if I could slap you through the computer, I would. Okay. We uh, let me let me put it to you this way. Just like the conversation I have, if you're a fan base, do you want to? Are you happy the team punch to go for the fourth and one? How long do you think Mike Tomlin will be out of work if he got fired tomorrow? Fifteen minutes. Five I minutes. wonder. I was going to say it's fifteen minutes. The Bengals are racing to fire Zach Taylor so they can hire Mike Tomlin. And Breach would be ecstatic about it. See? Look at that face. Wouldn't hate it. <laughs> Wilson in rare form. Oh, the chat. By the way, before we go on. Well, you know what's funny, Wilson, is that we did talk about that before during the live Twitch stream. And I said, if you are the Steel- if you really didn't want Mike Tomlin, you're the Steelers, you could call up any team in the league. They'll give you a first-round pick for Mike Tomlin. Not any team. I mean, Andy Reid. How about Chiefs. About, I'd say there's at least 10 teams who give up first round pick for Mike Tomlin. Here's the question. Would you trade Mike Tomlin for Deshaun Watson? No. No. That's no, if you're, no, if you're who? No, if you're the Texans. I would imagine Mike Tomlin's like, I'm not moving to Houston. I'm not doing that. <laughs> I mean, I think if, if you're the Steelers, you're like, ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. You're, you're crazy. They are not, no. They would yeah. eight with Doug Hodges. They would 100% trade Mike Tomlin for Deshaun Watson. You're, you're insane. They would not. Mike Tomlin would make that trade. He'd be like, listen, I understand. You got to do it. No, they're not doing it. You would not trade Mike Tomlin for Deshaun Watson? They went eight and eight with Doug Hodges and Mason Rudolph. No you one else. Deshaun Watson for, you sent off and immediately replace him with Deshaun Watson and you wouldn't do that to Sacramento. Who cares? Well, that, that, that's why you're an NC State. Well, hire some good team, some good coach. Where are they? Oh, they're just out there. You can find them on the street corner. If you put Deshaun Watson on the Steelers, that becomes very quickly the most attractive job in football. No, I'm not doing it. Wow. No one with brains doing it either. By the way, Ryan, is it frustrating? Do you feel like the Steelers just flat out gave the game away? Uh, here's how I felt, Breach. I'll be honest. Like at halftime, I'd resign myself to the loss. I was just wondering how bad it would be. Um, but we know the Steelers are second half team and when they scored two touchdowns. It was actually fun to watch because it's really like little invested at that point. Uh, and Eric Casillas, to his credit, was was being a uh, like, you know, making me feel good about the Steelers' chances. Uh, when that punt happened, I said, "I'm out. You deserve to lose. You deserve to lose by four touchdowns." Because that that is basically. I'm trying to think. Of, what's a good analogy for that breach? Uh, I, I don't know what it is, but waving yeah. the white flag. Yeah, like yeah, literally surrendering. 
like you are, I, so you're running a race and you fall down and like you're running a hundred yards. You fall down after five yards or you fall down at the, at the starting point and you break your leg. And then the person's at the 50 yard line. You, you finally start running and you somehow catch them. And then you get to the 85 yard line and you, you're like, oh, you know, what? I'm going to stop and tie my shoe. And they just. <laughs> then, this is live. We can't then, edit yeah. that. We can't edit it. And then they moonwalk across the, the finish line while you're still tying your shoe, going, "What are we doing?" Are we doing? <laughs> that, by the way, that is a a deserved f bomb. Oh man, Wilson is. Uh, he's, I cannot wait to tell everyone. <laughs> if there was one time that Wilson was going to cuss tonight, it was absolutely going to be talking about Tom Wynn's punt. <laughs> this is Breach's fault for asking me about it one more time. That's right. If you can say it on Nickelodeon, you can say it on the Pick Six Twitch stream. I'm crying. That's oh my God. God. Hey, uh, listen, before we move on, or if we say here, I want, my buddy from college is a lifelong Cleveland fan. He grew up in Cleveland and he's like a finance guy who makes probably makes a ton of money. He sent me the, he sent me this tweet, uh, this text before the game. He thought the Browns were going to lose, but he's got his Baker Mayfield jersey on. And this is what he had on. Let's see if you can see it. What, what is that? That is a brown suit. Oh, what? God. Oh my. Oh, I see it now. Yeah. 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 Did you pay money for that? What on earth? Yeah. So Baker I Mayfield. I mean, we should all be wearing our Baker Mayfield feeling dangerous shirt that we got sent. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. We're all letting right. our listeners down. So. <laughs> yes. Also drive out. No kidding. <laughs> so, um, we need an emo mix tape for the drive home. So any recommendations would be, would be welcome. Okay. So do you want, I, uh, Big Ben, you want to send out the pasture. You won't trade Mike Tomlin for, um, I'm not trading Mike Tomlin. No, that's idiotic. Uh, Big Ben, I mean, here, here's the thing. It, <laughs> I even hesitate to tell you this because I, you'll run with it. You were a year early on the Steelers finishing last because okay. they're going to blow up the roster. Their salary cap situation a mess. They have a bunch of old guys. You have huge holes in the roster. So, I mean, that's going to be a concern. But, look, they had a good run. Big Ben's been there 15, 16 years now, 17 seasons. Um, We'll find out how good of I mean, Tomlin was coached there last year. In my mind, we'll find out how good a coach he is uh, over this next stretch when when he's struggling to figure it out with the, putting the pieces in place. Browns at the Chiefs. Uh, it was nine and a half open when Debo created the rundown. By the time we were doing talking about it on the uh, the live show, it was ten. It's normalized back. The juice is even. It's it's at ten. I bet it sits at ten for a little bit. Um, thoughts on can Cleveland be dangerous for the Chiefs? Go ahead, Breach. I'll follow. Uh, no. <laughs> what in terms of the point spread or overall? Anything. Here's my thing, and we talk. I talk about this all the time. Last six or seven games. Chiefs have won by a score or less. Yeah. You have to go back to week eight. They played the Jets last time they had a double digit win. The Jets breached the Jets. But here's the counter argument before you answer. Andy Reid off the bye. And not only Andy Reid off the bye, it's going to be Andy Reid off basically two buys because a lot of those guys set in week 17. Yeah. And if you look at the, you know, they had a couple blowout wins early in the season, just taking care of business, double digits. Oh, they beat the Chargers in OT, beat the Bills by nine, throttle the Broncos, throttle the Jets, and then they had that run of close wins. I mean, you go back to the playoffs, they were trailing in the playoffs too. I think Cleveland can give them a 
I think I, the Chiefs I, win it. I think the Browns cover. I think Cleveland can give them a scare. And that's what I what, isn't that what I said. What did I say on Twitter? You said during the Twitch chat, you talked yourself into that. At first, you said you thought the Chiefs cover anything up to fourteen, and then we talked about it a little bit more, and then you talked yourself into like three circles, and you ended with the Browns probably being able to cover. Yeah, I mean, I think that I think ten is too much for me to want to take the Chiefs, but I don't really feel comfortable taking the Browns. What I might do instead is take the Chiefs team total over. If it's like thirty-two, maybe. Um, I don't. So we'll see what happens to Joel Batonio. I'm assuming he'll be out of COVID protocols. I don't know what the Denzel Ward situation is. Um, so those are concerns there. Oh, yeah. here, here's what I said. Super hot take, but the Browns could low key give the Chiefs some fits in the playoffs if they meet up. I think yeah, that's, 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 that's not even hot. That's a lukewarm take. Well, I just think people treated it like it was a crazy hot take. I think the Browns could have a lead at some point in the second half. Dude, and that would qualify. Is it, is it crazy to think that, like, if the Browns lose the Chiefs, which is probable, and they don't win a playoff game, you know, for the next few years, that Mike Prefer is going to have the only Browns playoff win as a coach yeah. since 1994? So Mike Prefer and Bill Belichick, the last two Browns coaches win a playoff a game. Strong list. I just sort of think the Chiefs can like the formula has to be there. Mahomes can't come out slinging early. Like the Chiefs, the Chiefs have to. Oh no, no, no! And, but I will say this about Pat: you're right. You run the ball with Nick Chubb all day long, Cream Hunt all day long, and you make that Chiefs defense earn it. But I will say this, and you know, I've been crushing Baker Mayfield in terms of I don't know if he's up for big moments in the third quarter when everyone's butt and Cleveland sideline was tight. He stepped up. He stepped up and he made big throws. He had zero turnovers. You mentioned almost a pick six. But big Ben had four turnovers. He should have had seven or eight more. No fumbles by that Browns team. That's a huge – we talk about Josh Allen having confidence in big games. That's a huge confidence boost for, for Baker Mayfield. And um, all the taunting and, and sort of crazy stuff, those guys deserve to do all of that. Um, and by the way, Juju Smith-Schuster, how about you shut up? All that dancing and – the TikTok, you dang kid. And the, uh, you know, saying the Browns are who we thought they were, you yeah. know, effectively. That ain't working, my man. It's really not. Your boy Juju ended up with 157. Is that all garbage time? So it doesn't all, matter. All garbage time. Garbage. Garbage yards. Somebody asked in the chat, is Juju on the Steelers next year? He is. I mean, right? That's, I think it's. No, I don't think so. Whoa, really? I, I feel like he's too much of a headache. Ryan, you would know better. I, I, I would say no if I had to bet on it right now. Ryan? Ryan is Juju Smith Schuster. That was playing, Ryan. Okay, Ryan is doing something weird. He's lost his mind. So his contract's up after this year. Right. He's 23 years old. So. He's really, really young. I'm sorry. Who are you talking about? I accidentally hit mute. I can hear you guys for a couple seconds. Juju Smith-Schuster, is he on the Steelers next year? No. No. Wow. Okay. They don't have any salary cap space. And their, their wide receivers aren't their issue. They have, I mean, the offensive line is a mess. They have a ton of things to work out. But I guess if you just had Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool and James Washington, you'd be fine. That's a good place to start. But yeah, they have so many concerns that they, I don't know if they can afford to keep Juju. Wow. This team is, are the, are the Patriots and the Steelers about to go into the sort of a dark, dark period here? They're going to be fighting for a quarterback. It'll, it'll be sort of fun to see how that plays out. Now, I'm not a, unlike ble- uh, bleach, <laughs> like bleach, <laughs> I'm not a salary cap alarmist. I, I think the Steelers will figure out ways to do things. If Roethlisberger retires, that gets you some, 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 much needed space. I think his dead cap hit is 40 something million next year. So 
I mean, there are ways, but the Steelers feel like a team that would roll with Mason Rudolph next year, and that's just, I mean, you know. We're, we were talking about that before. I think I'd rather just go with Big Ben for one more year. If that's the plan, sure. That's right. So, like, right. I think the Colts will go with, I think the Colts will go with Rivers, and I think the Steelers will go with Big Ben, and then you explore your options in the draft. Maybe you look to free agency and see what's out there, but ultimately, you can't, I mean, you just can't go with Mason Rudolph for a year. You can't go with Nick Easton Man. or Jacob Easton or, or, you know. You like, can, of course you can. You can. I mean, I don't know. I, it depends. But, if you're trying you're, to, Big Ben's under contract, you're going to be paying him. If you're going to take that dead cat. Oh, no, no, no. He needs to retire. Like he has, there has to be, I think you get your money back if they retire breach. Is that right? No, I, but remember the Cowboys are still paying Tony Romo. That's because, uh, Jerry Jones signed him to a guaranteed $4 billion deal. <laughs> Maybe. If he retired, you can get it back, but I don't think the Steelers would ask if they encouraged him to retire. Like, they're not going to say, hey, like, they're going to be taking a $22.5 million cap hit, almost certainly, if he retires. Yeah, I think so, too. Because they're going to, Ben's going to want to get paid. Ben's not giving up $22 million or whatever the number is. Um, it's 22. AF Pierce yeah. notes it's 40 million cap hit, 22.25 dead, dead cap. Cam Hayward said, we blew it. I can't sugarcoat it. As a defense, we gave up too many points. As a leader, as a leader of the defense, I failed miserably. It's tough to lose. It's tough to lose guys in that locker room uh, that have done great things on and off the field. J.J. Watt, remember the Steelers next year? Who cares? <laughs> I mean, it would be It's They could all live together and make a reality show, but at the end of the day, is he helping them win football games? Would the show be called High Wattage? Good name for the show. I'm already naming it. Let's take a break on that. All right. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll look at the other two games from the Wild Card Weekend Sunday. Super Wild Card Weekend Sunday. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right. So the Ravens took out the Titans. Oh, I almost went 5-0-1 oh, against the spread, but I, I took the Steelers. I had the Ravens covering. Breach. Oh, ho, ho. Up high. Down hard. Yeah, The Titans lost. And Mike Vrabel had the second or first most cowardly punt of the weekend. By the way, somebody came in my mentions. They were like, you call a man a coward? He could rip your face off and eat your brains in a second. And then somebody else was like, Will Prince has made a living off this, calling people cowards online. They're being like kissing up to him in real life. I was like, I don't really think Mike Vrabel's a coward. <laughs> like, I mean, it was a cowardly call. That's what you're hey, saying, Brenton. I, if I saw Mike Vrabel in person, I, and I was like, what's up with that punt, man? 
Like you, I would, you wouldn't call him a coward, though. <laughs> hey, Vrabel, you coward. I'd be like, Vrabel, man, you can't punt that. He'd be like, he'd look at me and be mad and then, you know, yada, yada, yada. He'd punch me. He'd rip my brains off. Um, or eat my brains or whatever that guy said. Lamar narrative out the door. The Ravens covered the minus three and a half, the under 53 and a half hit. Lamar said afterwards, we finally, we finished finally. We finally finished. Our defense was tired of hearing the noise and they did what they were supposed to do. What was the most impressive part for you guys about this breach? I would guess it's the absolute lockdown of Derrick Henry. No. No. It was not the lockdown of Derrick Henry that was the most impressive thing to me. As the person who picked the Titans and who saw the Titans jump out to a 10 nothing lead and was absolutely sure the Titans were going to win at that point because Lamar Jackson had never come back from a double-digit mm. deficit in his entire NFL career the most impressive part to me was Lamar Jackson. Uh, I, I thought the biggest play of the game, and, and it's really where you felt the tide turn, was, look, right before the two-minute warning, the Ravens are facing a third and nine. Third and seven or third and nine or whatever it was. Where you, you stop them there, they're punting. They're at the Titans 48. No, Lamar Jackson scores a 48-yard touchdown run, and that's where it kind of felt like, all right, well, the Ravens are winning this game because they came back from 10 nothing. They tied it at 10, and Lamar just had that look where, like, I'm not losing this game. I'm not going in Andy Dalton territory. I'm not becoming the second quarterback in NFL history to lose his first three playoff starts in his first three years. Uh, he, and he, he kind of said that after the game. Like, he just yeah. did not want that monkey on his back, and he was just so determined to get it off. And so, yeah, stopping Derrick Henry was, uh, 1A or 1B or whatever. But Lamar, just with the iron will to not go down, was, I felt like, the reason the Ravens won this. Yeah. No, that's exactly right. It wasn't um, the 10-0 lead that they relinquished or the stopping of Derrick Henry. It was the fact that Lamar Jackson – and what was the stat they kept saying? The the Ravens were the only team in the playoffs the last four years that weren't that hadn't come back – or the last NFL team – uh, in the league that hadn't come back from a 10-0 lead in the last four years. No, no, no. They had never come back from a double-digit deficit at any point, regular season or playoffs, okay. for the in past the last, four years. The last four years, yeah. Uh, three if, they, years. if they were trailing, they just didn't come. They didn't win. They just lost. And, you know, Lamar, that it, – it's sort of funny. After the game, John Harbaugh said that Lamar Jackson touchdown run was the most amazing running scene for Lamar. I don't know if that's the case. He'd see, he felt like he did it on a weekly basis in 2019, less so this year because of COVID issues and they struggled and all, all the things that happened. But that's the danger with Lamar Jackson. Um, that is the absolute danger, even when he's not throwing the ball. And I think part of the issue, maybe, aside from the COVID stuff, is that Lamar was trying to make himself in, into being a more of a passer. Screw that, man. Do do Lamar and <laughs> go go get a Super Bowl with Lamar and then figure yeah, it out. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, right. That's like when you retire and you learn how to fly a plane or something. Just do what you're doing now, and you can do the, the extra quickly stuff. When well, you're and that's, if you were the Titans, you wanted Lamar to throw the ball. They were like, if he can't run on us, we're going to win this game. That's what you're thinking if you're Tennessee. Because, look, Tennessee's off- defense has been awful, absolutely awful. And they held the Ravens at 20 points because the Ravens kept being dumb and trying to make things happen through the air when it was, let's just get Lamar okay. going through with his legs. And real quick, I will say, so when Lamar scored that touchdown, I tied at 10. In my head, I'm like, game over. This is it. Like, whatever, Titans are going down, and then the Ravens got the ball first in the second half. They score a touchdown at 17 to 10. So even in the, it's like, I was right. It's all over. The only twinge I had of thinking that, you know what? Maybe the Titans can win this 
They cut the lead to 17 to 13. The Ravens go down and try a long field goal with Justin Tucker. And Justin Tucker misses. Justin Tucker never misses. And so now it's 17-13 Baltimore, but Tennessee had great field position. And then that is possession where the Titans drove to Baltimore's 40-yard line. They were facing a fourth and two. They were trailing 17-13. to There is no reason on God's green earth why you should ever punt on fourth and two from your opponent's 40-yard line in the fourth quarter with 10 minutes left. It made no sense. You have you tweeted out that this man, Mike Vrabel, is a guy who said he would cut his penis off to go to the Super Bowl, and he's not going for it on fourth and two from Baltimore's 40 in the fourth quarter when you're trailing by four points, and you're going to give it back the ball back to an offense that just has been going up and down the field on your defense in the second half. Absolutely mind-boggling decision. I can't believe that two coaches named Mike uh, both pulled off just cowardly decisions. Here's the thing. Um, if I told you, Breach... That the, that the Titans would be up 10 nothing, and a team that had 19 sacks throughout the entirety of the NFL season, sack Lamar Jackson four times in the first half. I mean, what, what's that spread? I'm uh, thinking that it's last year's game and the, and the Titans win 28 to 12. Yep. It, and they lost in part Lamar Jackson, but also that the punt you talked about. Um, I, I don't understand what's, what's going on. Like, I, I don't know what the thought process was. And, oh, I know I was going to say. <laughs> and, oh, oh, by the way, I have zero issue, zero issue with 25 Ravens defenders going to midfield and, and doing a jig on, on the midfield logo of the Titans because that's how it started. Malcolm Butler did it before the pregame back in week 11, I think, when they played in Baltimore, and there were some words exchanged in midfield with Harbaugh and, and Vrabel. And Vrabel having to sit there, look at it, what do you guys think about the Ravens running off the field and not shaking hands? Harbaugh and Vrabel shook hands. Uh, Lamar came back out and shook hands. I don't care. Good. If you're going to flap your gums, you got to back it up and not point, uh, not punt on, on from the 40 yard line. And also, as people tell, used to tell me when I played pickup basketball and got literally dunked on, don't <laughs> get mad, get better. Yeah. I mean, I, you don't need to be a bad sport, but I don't really care. The, the bad sport. we're a little happy with the, the flags. I mean, it's a bad, like, like they didn't need to be flagged for taunting for that. Cole Komet didn't need to be flagged for taunting for that. Cole Komet thing was insane. Taunt. I, I, I'm fine. You should flag the Ravens, but that in my one of the few instances is worth it. Let me uh, get. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, 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 AF Pierce in the chat. He he. I think realized what I was talking about. I wouldn't even talk about the Lamar Jackson run. Uh, or, I think it was early in the game. Lamar had a very like Josh Allen like throw, honestly, where he yeah, it's great. out to his right. He's on the sideline. It's third and seven, I think. Yeah, it's third and down. he. Whips one into, into, uh, Mark Andrews for a first down that felt like a, I don't know if it was a tide turner, but it was like an, an injection. It might have been one of the first good plays he had because we haven't talked about that horrible interception on the second series. Oh my God. One of the worst picks you'll ever see. I just and had the when through that, that was like, Oh my God. It's, it's happening here all over again. That was just an absolutely horrible throw. And then when the Titans capitalized with more points, it was just, uh, here we go again with the Ravens. I think that, that was like, just unfortunately, like the ball came out funny. Like he, it, whatever, slip, whatever happened. Like it, it was looking, like he could throw the ball. It was like an arm punt. Let me ask you this, Breach. And Eric Casillas asked me this question. If you knew, and Brinson as well, if you knew before the draft that Justin Tucker would have the career that he, he would have, would you take him in the first round? Where am I picking in the first round? And, uh, below, between 20 and 25. Yes. He didn't hesitate. What, what, uh, what year was Justin Tucker? What year was that? 2012. He was undrafted though. He's like, yeah, so I mean, 2012 was really good. 
So you got Luck. Uh, no, 20, 20, who picked RG3 or Justin Tucker? You have Luck who's out of the NFL. Who'd you say? I'm sorry. RG3 or Justin Tucker? Oh, you're taking Justin Tucker. <laughs> probably, probably. He's taking second overall. Done and done. Yeah, you got uh, Tannehill, which is kind of crazy. Stephon Gilmore, Dante. Who would, who would Nick, Nick Perry. Nick Perry or Justin Tucker. There you go. 20th to 25th. Who was, who were picked there? Uh, AJ Jenkins or Justin Tucker. Yeah. I mean, Brandon, Brandon Whedon or Justin Tucker. Yeah. So Kendall Wright or Justin Tucker. Yeah, definitely. And that's the tight. The Titans could have used him instead of Kendall Wright. AJ yeah. Jenkins or Justin Tucker. Yeah. You just said that. <laughs> oh, you did? I thought you said, uh, all right. So yeah. I, I mean, Justin Tucker is a legit first round pick. Okay. Good to know. Oh yeah. I mean, the, I mean, on a, I'm sure that if you look at the, career average i would my my addition to the conversation i didn't necessarily disagree with it my initial thought was like second round pick but you could talk about the first round but he has been until recently the best offensive player for the for the ravens until you know three years ago he was the best offensive player they had for most of his career Wait, how's justin tucker not sure oh, i guess he's undrafted all right so uh hold on let's see i'll tell you what is uh i'm not trying to get a sidetrack i was just I think it's a good question. We got, yeah, we're trying to really stretch this podcast out too. So, uh, oh, so, um, Debo notes that, uh, some tweet from Bleach Report. Lamar refused to shake hands with the Titans and said they were disrespectful after that November game in which the Titans won in overtime in Baltimore, um, when they stomped on the logo. So, all right. Uh, so Tucker's, oh, this is actually kind of interesting. So Tucker's career approximate value according to Pro Football Reference. Is 45 so far, including this year. That puts him squarely in this really interesting range. So he's Whitney Merciless or Justin Tucker? You're taking Whitney Merciless, right? Uh, I don't know. Yes. How many games has Whitney Merciless won in the last second? Kevin Zeitler or Justin Tucker? That's a close one. I mean, that's a Zeitler had the Castro and Zeitler were close in terms of when they were drafted, but the Castro's been better. Maybe Justin Tucker. Well, here's the thing with Tucker is that most people view kickers as interchangeable, but the difference between Tucker and the rest of the kickers is like the difference between Derrick Henry and the rest of the running backs. Like, there's one guy where you're saying, all right, this is a difference maker. He's Marvin the- Marvin Jones or Justin Tucker? Justin Tucker. I don't know how you can do that. Casey Hayward or Justin Tucker? Uh, I think Justin Tucker. Brandon Brooks or Justin Tucker? Y'all stop it. Get out of here. You can find a kicker. Anywhere. By the way, uh, Pierre, Wilson's been brainwashed into the world of kickers. Thanks, Wilson. Pierre Deff's notes. I don't know if this is true. You have to double check it. Randy Bullock was drafted in 2012 in the fifth round. Randy Bullock or Justin Tucker? Don't even say that ever again. Oh, he missed. He missed. Oh, and he may have pulled a hamstring or a muscle, and there is complete elation. Back, Randy! Um, all right, let's, uh, let's go on. This is a, this is, I would like to note for the record that this Justin Tucker tangent had nothing to do with me. And I would also like to note for the record that Randy Bullock was not drafted by the Bengals. That's true. He was drafted by the Houston Texans. That makes Congratulations. sense. Congratulations. Be a quarterback. But he was also the highest drafted kicker in 2012. So I think it's safe to say that, uh, the, the Titans, the Titans lost this game because their defense didn't break up. No, 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 no. Uh-uh. Huge yep. pushback. Four sacks in the first half. It breached under. They held with 20 points. Their They're defense like, played their best game of the season. Like, they played lights out. And by the way, Malcolm Butler had the first interception. Hey, Marquise Brown lit him up. 
No. Mal- Malcolm Ram had the first interception. He almost this close had an interception in the end zone in the first half that would have also changed the, the face of the game. So it wasn't the defense for the first time. They lost because of the punt decision by Mike Vrabel sure. and because Arthur Smith refused to call anything but Derrick Henry running on first down. Look, we've talked all about it, how they're never going to go away from Derrick Henry. That's fine. You can feed Derrick Henry all you want, but you cannot call the same play on every first down and the other team's ready for it and you're only getting two yards. You call a play action. Literally call anything else. I think they went the first ten possessions. They may have only had ten possessions. They went eight. You know, eight I don't even agree with I don't think I don't even agree with it. Like I don't the Titans didn't lose through their defense. They did play good defense. And they did this weird thing where they would run uh I think it was described as like a muddled pass rush. So they would basically clog the interior and sort of leak somebody in have good coverage on the back, on the back end. And Lamar was just holding the ball way too long. Like the Ravens could have obliterated them in this game if Lamar had started running earlier with the ball. Well, I mean, the Titans could have obliterated them if they didn't play like crap as Breach noted offensively after that 10-0 start. Dude, it was 6.3 yards per play to 4.3, 401 yards to 209, 13 rushing first downs for the Ravens. Do you know how many the Titans had? Well, what's his face? Derrick Henry only had. 40 or 50 yards or whatever it was, so it wasn't a lot. One rushing first down for the Tennessee Titans. 12 total. Some people were complaining that Marcus Peters had DPI and that, that final interception. Whatever. The first interception, Marlon Humphrey got pushed to the ground. Yep. Uh, on A.J. Down. Brown. Yeah. So it all evened out. Yeah. Uh Titans also 4 of 12 on third down. Not great. The Ra- I, I tell you, the Ravens could have blown them out in this spot. Um Ravens at the Bills, as Ryan noted. The biggest losers from Sunday, probably the Buffalo Bills. And that's <laughs> a deep slack. Yeah, I'm going to go through all seven rounds of the 2012 draft. Um, Bills minus two and a half. I think it's up to three at William Hill versus the Ravens. Your initial thoughts on that game, Wilson? Um, I have two, two and a half. Two and a half now. Yeah, I live in central New York. I, I'm going to be all in in West New York. And uh, I like the Bills for a lot of reasons. Starts with Sean McDermott, William Mary grad. This is a chance for, uh, William Mary coaches to. And he is coaching against, uh, Miami of Ohio grad. Yeah, exactly. Woo-hoo-hoo! Bring it, Wilson. Uh, that was the right button to push. I was wondering what you're going to push. So here's the thing. And How do you notice that I'm doing that? That's so impressive. <laughs> your, your poker finger is not great. Um, I said it all season that we weren't sure about, uh, loser gets the other team's college logo tattoo. No more tattoos. We're done with tattoos. Uh, Josh Allen has stepped up big this season in big games. I was like, okay, can he do it in the playoffs? He did it in the playoffs. I thought he played really well on Saturday. There was a fumble there at the end. Um, luckily they recovered, but uh, up to he carried that team in large part. I think he will play with the utmost confidence. And I think that um, Sean McDermott won't be out coached. Now I will say this: John Harbaugh ain't punting on fourth down no matter what. I would I want to see what Sean McDermott does when things get tight. Brian Dable's done a pretty good job calling plays, although there were some issues uh, in Saturday's game where they were running the ball nonstop for reasons that remain a mystery. But I I, I like the Bills. Now I don't know if they're going to cover, but I, I like the Bills to win this game. Does the weather matter? That it's going to be thirty degrees and thirty five percent chance of snow. Here's what Kenny, Kenny White noted, Kenny White noted on, H, uh, on HQ. Um, what's Kenny's Twitter handle, Brinson? At KYD Vegas. Well, he's called the Wizard of Oz. I don't know if that's his, I thought it was Twitter, Twitter handle. 
Uh, anyway, here's what he noted. No wind breach. So the cold weather won't be an issue for throwing the ball. Both teams don't, don't care about cold, cold weather, I don't think, especially if there's no wind. It looks like it's be like 15 miles an hour wind. It does. And kicking can be an issue. Like it was pretty cold today in Nashville and Tucker's 52 yarder almost fell short. I'm going, I'm going with Kenny, not you two idiots in terms of meteorology. Yeah, the wizard of weather. Yeah, he's not the wizard of weather. You're the coward of all. Kenny's correct. Snow and rain don't matter for like points being scored. Wind does, but it's going to be windy. If it's snowing in Buffalo, it's going to be windy. Okay. I live there, but go ahead. You tell me, Mr. North Carolina. (laughs) Is it okay? What what was the, what the hell was the point for Kenny? That, that, that throwing the ball won't be an issue because it won't be windy. It's not going to be windy in Green Bay either when we get to that game. Can't wait to hear your weather report on that one. My point is I'm sentimentally pulling for the Bills now, and I hope they win the game. I, I think on paper they're the better team, but it's close. Like These are two, I feel like, evenly matched teams. The, the Bills obviously would have much preferred to play the Steelers. Yeah. Yeah. Huge and, for the Bills. Huge loss. You I think mean, the Chiefs would have rather faced the Ravens or the Browns? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's wild how big a win that was for the for the Chiefs. And how big a loss that was for the Bills, for the Steelers to lose that, because that is a tough matchup. All right, we'll have plenty more coming up on those matchups. Uh, Nathan on YouTube is asking, what's in my glass? It is a uh, Four Roses, the end tail end of a Four Roses a small batch bourbon that I've been sipping on all weekend aggressively. Must be nice. I'm over here sweating away in the office, and you're got your got your UGG slippers on. I do actually have slippers. Well, they're actually LL Bean slippers, but yeah. my cup had uh seltzer Malibu. Oh, Hard seltzer. Oh so gross. It's delicious. It's literally delicious. That explains it. Like, like, oh, oh, they all have to be like, oh my god, what is this guy's deal? Final if game, Malibu oh. listens to this, maybe I'll get a sponsorship out of it. Brenton, and who gets the last laugh? Be drinking all the free Malibu. Last game. Saints twenty one, Bears nine. Saints cover the minus 11, barely, get it, barely, under 48 hits. Uh, was the best part about this game the fact that it was on Nickelodeon? This game wasn't as bad as the Rams-Seahawks game in terms of boring, was it? No, but mainly because... But I don't agree. I agree whatever Brent's going to say. The Nickelodeon thing, like, kept you interested long enough for, I don't know, it was weird. Yeah, I, don't, I just mean the on-field product. I wasn't able to watch the Nickelodeon. I couldn't listen to it. I, I saw it, but I couldn't listen to it. For... I, I honestly thought this game was captivating just because the, the Seahawks-Rams game felt a little bit boring. But this really felt like, especially the first half, that the Bears were absolutely in it and had, like, if Javon Wims doesn't drop the easiest touchdown pass of all time, I mean, that was probably the best throw of Mitchell Trubisky's life. He could not have, that was a dime. I mean, he, it was like a handoff that he put. And, and that's the, that's sort of a play where like you, you have that thing, you, 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 you dial that thing up at the off season. By the way, um, but if he catches I'm, that, if he catches that, then it's seven to seven. And who knows? Because you know, the Bears defense played so well in the first half, but once they realized they weren't going to get any help from the offense, it was like, all right, we've been on the field for 70 plays. We're done. We're, I'm we're not done. a, I'm not a wide receivers coach, but I don't think you're supposed to catch a football like you're catching a beach ball like that. <laughs> like he, that ball literally hit his knee. That was the first thing it hit because it went right through his arms. Like he was like, basically Mr. Bisky made a three pointer from 40 yards away. Cause so that's the basket. 
But that that play is probably supposed to be going to Darnell Mooney. Uh, duh, like a duh. That's what my nine-year-old says. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, but like if Darnell Mooney's healthy, it's probably a touchdown. Because Darnell Mooney catches that. If Javon Wims does this, it's a touchdown. Not- I'm just saying that like they probably ran the play. They probably created the play for Darnell Mooney. And then Wims had to play in this game and they wanted, they're like, we gotta, we gotta use this play. We have to get some points. If somebody, Nickelodeon would have slimed him before the play, the stickiness on his hands would have caught the football. Like it, it literally was an impossible pass to drop and he dropped it. Brenton, yeah. you stepped away to get some ice shavings. Uh, and I, I was saying to, to Breach that several people thought Breach based on one of his tweets, believed that there was actual slime on the field. They had slime cannons on the field. <laughs> I, I joked it. I was like, Daddy, why won't the, why don't the Bears get to use the slime too? <laughs> People were like, does Breach actually believe? Someone asked me, he said, does Breach really believe there's slime on the field based on his uh, how he was tweeting? Uh, I could see that, that Breach believes that. I'm trying to help the brand. It's Viacom CBS. If people think I think there's slime, that is alluring. Most Most infuriating play of Sunday. Titans punt, Steelers punt, Javon Wims basketball hoop catch. Um, if you're that fan base. Oh god, I think uh, Tomlin. Tomlin, you think so? Because the, the Wims makes that catch. It's seven to seven. Eh, they weren't winning that game. Yeah, a little confidence. Yeah, but yeah, but if you're Tomlin, you you get that fourth down. It's over. Like I think. So here's the thing about the the rest of that. So, um. Taysom Hill comes in, throws his first pass, promptly fumbles. He didn't throw another pass uh, for the rest of the game. And that was a point where it was, I think it was seven to three. And the Bills had another, the Bears had another chance before, before halftime, the second quarter. They ended up punting and they, they punted out basically the rest of the game. Third quarter, the Bills, uh, the Saints, excuse me, <laughs> have like a multi 12, 15 play drive, touchdown. The next series, they have a 12, 15 play drive, touchdown or whatever, scored again. And that's a wrap. And, and that was it. And there was virtually no chance, not virtually, there was no chance. They got a garbage touchdown with Jimmy Graham. No one cares about with three seconds to go. And the garbage touchdown came after Drew Brees scored a touchdown, but then it had it overturned and he, he leapt up, thought he had the ball over to his patented little, like, just the tip move, as Tony Romo pointed out. Several times. Running back is like, we were getting in. We were getting in. We were getting in. It's like, and narrator, you didn't get in. Um, how much does this game tell us about the Saints? I'm fine with it. I don't know. So here's the here's the fun fact that Breach may have, and I'm gonna steal it from him. Ten quarters was how many quarters Michael Thomas and Drew Brees had played together this season before Sunday. Michael Thomas scored his first touchdown, I think, in 370 something days. So he came back, and they were sort of figuring things out. Alvin Kamara was sort of figuring things out now that Michael Thomas is back, and Michael Thomas can run slants till the cows come home. I'm fine with that. People can try to make make that a joke. He's pretty good at it. Scored a touchdown. Uh, the first couple of plays, I think they targeted him and, and he made the, uh, made the receptions. Um, they can win with Drew Brees. They can win with Taysom Hill. They can win with Alvin Kamara. That defense. Well, let me ask you, Brees. So is that defense, do you feel great about that defense based on the way they played or is that a function of, of facing Mitchell Trubisky and the Bears? Yeah. I don't think we really learned anything because it looked like Matt Nagy didn't trust Trubisky at all. He didn't let him throw very much until obviously that last drive when they had to throw. Uh, but that defense is good. So I don't think 
and they absolutely shut him before that final 99 yard drive. They had him under 150 yards. Yeah. And that only been done like twice in the postseason in the last 10 years. You hold a playoff team to 150 yards in 2020. Yeah. yeah when they actually have their starting quarterback, I think like Ryan Lindley was the last starter that was held under that total. Like, yeah, that's a crazy, crazy number. Can I mention something quickly? Uh, Nathan Graber McCray commented. Uh, in the live chat, Trubisky only had like eight perfect passes left in him for his career, and the whims drop was one of them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I love that. And then Trubisky also ran out of bounds on fourth and two. Like, bro, was, it's more you die forward and take the hit. It's the playoffs. I had the exact same feeling, but when you saw the replay, uh, I don't know who was one of the defensive backs or someone was coming. I think it made it tough, but you could actually, cha- you know, challenge the first down. I agree, that was sort of a weird play. Well, Trubisky only did that so Debo could get his little meme joke off. Um, <laughs> Diva, that, that's Diva's go-to. <laughs> <laughs> committed relationship. Uh, yeah, I, I think the Saints are interesting because they're now, they're sort of, and I, I don't know how they got here, but they're, they're sort of getting into full form, you know, in the weirdest way. Like Breeze had the rib injury and Thomas was, you know, out and then injured and he had that whole stuff in the middle of the season where he, you know, there's rumors about him being traded or being cut this offseason. Kamara had COVID. You know, the defense had been awful and then kind of came together. Like, they're starting to kind of come together at the right time. Yeah, and, like, even this game, uh Sean Payton was pulling Kamara to the sideline a lot more than he probably would have because I don't think he thought he knew the whole game plan. That's what we saw Deontay Harris in there uh filling that Kamara role. But that's not going to happen next week. Like you said, everyone's going to be healthy. So this was like, hey, we're playing a good Bears defense. Uh, we're all kind of rusty. We haven't been on the field a lot together. So let's just win the game at whatever. Who cares if it's close and move on? And the thing about <laughs> the whole first half, it's like, what are you, what are you doing? Why is this the Deontay Harris show? What is happening here? Like get Michael Thomas involved, get Alvin Kamara involved. It didn't feel like Sean Payton pulled out the full game plan that he might pull out against the Buccaneers. I'm not saying they were like, all right, we're playing the Bears. We don't have to worry about it. I mean, I, I do agree you're right to a certain extent, Breach, but I think. I mean, I think they sort of like, they're just not in sync yet, but this, the last three games may have gotten them to a point where they can now go win three more games. They are really talented and really deep across the board. I, I think they can win games in different ways and they just haven't clicked yet. And now they get Tampa Bay, their three point favorites. Uh, Ryan, do they sweep Tampa Bay for three wins uh, on the season? Yeah, I think so. I, I think. You know, we always talk about, okay, can a team beat another team three times in a row in one season? And usually there's some disparities on, on either side of the ball. Now we're talking about Drew Brees, Tom Brady, two of the smartest quarterbacks in the NFL. Obviously, Tom Brady's a better quarterback right now. We, we know about uh, Brees' shortcomings. But here's, to me, the diff- two difference makers. One, they're going to play in, in the Superdome. I know there are no fans there, but it's still home field advantage uh, on some level. And number two, if you're asking me which defense I want, it's the Saints every day of the week. Yeah. Uh, look, you might have questions about Drew Brees. Uh, do you have more questions about Drew Brees or, or Taylor Heineke? Because Taylor Heineke carved up that Bucks defense. That's where I'm going. Oh, oh, I was like, I was like, what? Yeah. Uh, They're coming off that game. So I feel really good about the Saints defense. I feel less so about the Bucks defense. 21 times the team has met in the playoffs going for a sweep and they are 14 and seven. I, I I like the Saints. So the Saints win, it would go to fifteen and seven. Wait, a sweep being three times or even two times counts. Sweep being three times. So they won the first two games, and then the third meeting in the playoffs that has happened. The last time a team won 
and their first one came in the playoffs after losing the first two in the regular season was the 2007 Giants, who then went on to win the Super Bowl. So maybe the Buccaneers will be that team. That and by the it. way, um, if you do sort of the old school matchups, position, position by position, um, you know, the wide receiver, there are more wide receivers that obviously are playmakers for the Buccaneers. Quarterback, you give the, the edge there. Running backs probably to the Saints, but defense to the Saints. Yeah. Coaching staff to the Saints. I, I mean, there are a lot of reasons to like the Saints in this game. That doesn't mean the Bucs can't win, of course, but right now I, f- I feel good about New Orleans' chances. I mean, also, it just sort of feels like Sean Payton has Bruce Arians' number. Like he knows that Bruce Arians can be stubborn and do what Bruce Arians wants to do. It's rarely the case that you say Sean Payton made a bunch of terrible decisions. That's why they lost. Yeah. You say that I, regularly about Payton me. had a great game on Sunday, but he didn't need to have a great game. He was playing a team like he, uh, that almost bored him to de- like literally almost killed him watching that team try to play. Yeah. I mean, seven thirty. you scored three points in a half of an NFL game. It's not great. Um, all right. The last game, the matchup, divisional matchups, and we'll of course break down. Uh, everything in full throughout the course of the week, but Rams at Packers, look ahead, Packers minus seven over under 46. Wilson, what do you think about this game? On the over under or just the, the whole thing? Yeah, just game at home. Because Packers didn't play, Rams played on s- Saturday. Just looking at the game. What's the line again? I'm sorry. <laughs> Packers minus seven. I was, I was reading the comments. <laughs> Packers minus seven. Uh, read the comments. Aaron Donald, we don't know his status right now. I love the idea of seeing, um, Jalen on Devontae. I think that's going to be fun to watch. And that'll, let's see if that proves the Packers theory that they only need two players. The Packers theory that I made up by the Packers, they only need two players, Aaron Rodgers and, and Devontae Adams. Uh, so we'll see about that. So Aaron Rodgers is a concern. I'm sorry. Aaron Donald's concern. Uh, the quarterback situation, Jared Goff slash, uh, John Wolford slash Blake Bortles, whoever's concerned. LA be playing in cold weather. There won't be wind there, guys. You can look it up. But there will be cold weather. I would imagine that they're not used to that coming from Los Angeles. And I think, you know, the vindictive Aaron Rodgers proved everyone wrong tour continues and he's going to be looking to, to do just that. I, I think they cover. Okay. Um, the popular tease this week, the popular tease this past week was, uh, Bucks, Steelers. Can't, how is that going to lose? How is it going to lose, guys? Did you get plus 30 on, on Pittsburgh? <laughs> no pick. Um, the popular tease this coming week, I think, will be Chiefs down to th- I guess if you do six point teaser, it's not going to work. You're down to four because they're ten now. I thought it would be seven. People are going to tease the crap out of the Packers. Is there any chance the Rams can win this game? Yeah. How do they do it, Breach? Can the Rams win this game? I think they're live. I think it's possible. I think uh, obviously you have to have Aaron Donald out there. And you put pressure on Aaron Rodgers. He gets flustered. He's kind of like that. He's got that Tom Brady mentality where he's out to just murder everyone on the field. But if you kind of ruffle his feathers a little bit, he gets a little bit worried. The other thing we were talking about is that like Sean McVay knows Matt before. He knows what they're going to throw at him. They, they've coached together. They have a long history together. Uh, so the Rams defense is going to be ready for anything the Packers throw at them. And the Rams defense is better than the Packers defense. So I think the Rams can slow down. Like this game doesn't have to turn into a shootout. I don't think the Rams can keep up in a shootout because I don't think whoever's going to be at quarterback is good enough to do that. And, you know, Brinson, we talked about earlier, look, if you're the Rams, you have Jalen Ramsey to cover Devontae Adams. Then you have Aaron Donald, that defensive line, putting pressure on Aaron Rodgers. And that might be enough to keep this game close. Yeah. 
You got to hit Aaron Rodgers early, limit Devontae Adams. Jalen Ramsey's got to have a play the game of his life. You got to lock down, lock down Devontae Adams, but we've seen him, you know, I mean, DK Metcalf got his, but he was mostly minimized by Jalen Ramsey for Devontae Adams ain't, ain't DK Metcalf. What's that? Devontae Adams ain't DK Metcalf. Give me that in a, he's, a billion times better. No, oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. To shut him down if he just holds him to like seventy-five yards. That that puts a crimp in the Packers' offense. I mean, DK had that one garbage time touchdown, and then the the uh, broken play touchdown. Yeah, well, no, this is DK. That's just reality of it. Yeah, I'm just saying we'll see. I mean, we'll see. Like, if but if you can if you can force Aaron Rodgers to use his other weapon, non willful weapons, and you can. Dare the Packers to try to run the ball and bottle them up in that in that sense. I think you can go in there and win the game. It's got to be ugly. It's got to be muddled. It's got to be huh? Who's playing quarterback for the Rams to help them win this game? Why would your golf play? Well, he he doesn't know yet. He had surgery thirteen days ago. He couldn't last week. He's fine. He got benched. He couldn't hold the football on Saturday in forty-five degree weather. It's going to be freezing. Let me ask you: When you break a bone, Doctor Brinson? Does it feel I've better? I've never in my life, so I wouldn't know. You're a doctor. You give medical advice on this podcast. Okay. Does it feel better or worse as the temperature drops? Well, the bone's healed. I don't know if it's wrong. This bone's not healed. It's got pins in it. All right, look. They're going to have to run the ball. The Packers' run defense is not good. Worst doctor ever. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Yeah. Exactly. Um, Are we a medical podcast now? We, we, we don't need to finish doing this. We're, we're, I'm sure that Debo is telling us to get out of here, right? Yep, there are winners and losers. Oh god, again. Why don't you give me some? Uh, what's you give me? Who wants to go first? Wilson, you're you're the you're the angry sober guy. Why don't you give us a winner? Uh, I'm a winner. Uh, before uh, Sean G. Ryder is asking, have I seriously never broken a bone? I have never broken a bone in my entire life. I'm uh, a I'm a I'm a I'm not a moron. I don't want to break bones. I don't take unnecessary bone breaking risks. As he says, he's not a moron. This is also the guy that crashed a scooter at the NFL draft and had to get stitches on his face. Yeah, not a broken bone. I mean, that's fair, but you said you're not a moron. So I've I was broken just... a bone and I've torn my ACL. I don't know if you guys heard about the ACL. I have not broken a bone or torn my ACL, but I have gotten stitches. I told you the, how I broke a bone. I'll, I'll just, I, I punched a wall in college. That's embarrassing. That's humiliating. Yeah. Why, why, why did you punch a wall? Over a girl. Your dad, oh, your dad made you take out your earring? No, it was over a girl. Because the Steelers lost? Then I wrote that. So a girl out. broke up with you and you punched a wall. She you had up. just gotten her tattoo on your arm, and then she broke up with you. Her name was Finley. That's the great irony. Uh, was, it, was it really? Of course not. It's <laughs> a great name for a girl. That's a great you can name uh, Breach Baby Number Two, Finley. Finley Breach. All, All right. right. Winners or losers? Winners. Uh, you go losers first. Losers. I'm not going to do the Bills losers because I think the Bills are going to win the game. So it doesn't matter. They they didn't get the. They have to play now. The Ravens instead of. Uh, we were also to play. Um, I'm going with the Steelers, of course. They were again. It's interesting because just like the Saints, uh, the Rams, the Rams Seahawks team the day before, where the line kept going down. This Steelers line, when the Steelers have uh, the Browns having no players, the line kept going down. It was five by kickoff. Didn't move. It was back to five. It was. It was. It was I should have bet on the Browns. It's, I mean, that they're they're literally saying, "Look at me. I'm explaining to you why this game's going to be weirder than you think it is." Uh, the Steelers came out flatter than I've ever seen them. The worst play call in Mike Tomlin's history on that punt, and they deserve to lose. And they lost, and now they're going home. And this team will never ever be the same because um, Roethlisberger, whether he comes back or not, is uh, on the downside of a career, salary cap issues, blah blah blah. Um, they could easily 
be one of the worst teams in the AFC North next year. Wow. That got dark. It's true. I'm not, I'm not, nice. I mean, my loser is Mike Vrabel. It is fourth and two from Baltimore's 40 yard line. You just gave Ryan Tannehill a billion dollar contract. You just gave Derrick Henry a billion dollar contract. You didn't give anyone on your defense a billion dollar contract. That says you trust your offense and you threw them off the field and punted the ball. It was a horrible call, which makes you my loser for Sunday. My loser? <laughs> Duh. The Bears. Bears fans. <laughs> you went eight and eight. Oh God, I forgot. You started five and one. You peacocked around. You talked about how you were the best team in the NFC. Playoffs were a lock. Then you lost six straight games, and all of a sudden, oh, well, you know, maybe the Bears aren't that good, but this is for the best. Let's lose out. We need to lose out. Get a good draft pick. Fire everybody. Reboot the whole thing. Instead, the Bears managed to go 8-8 eight and eight and make the playoffs as a wild card, only to lose in humiliating fashion, not covering, not scoring double-digit points in a playoff game in the year of our Lord 2021. Mitchell Trubisky, 19-29 for 109 yards and a meaningless touchdown. Just enough. The Bears did just enough to get into the playoffs and lose and be one and done, ruin their draft pick, not get anybody fired, probably get Mitchell Trubisky a contract extension or a franchise tag, and now you're stuck in hell. You're in purgatory. You are floating in an empty, endless void of NFL maw that you will never get out of because you decided that you needed to win and you needed to have these Ws, and it's not worth it, Bears fans. But you took them anyway. You're the big losers this weekend. Just leaning into it. Right My winner? The Baltimore Ravens. We had questions about them winning playoff games. Thank God Breach now has nowhere to go when he's trying to say Lamar Jackson doesn't win playoff games. He, sir, is no Andy Dalton. So take that. Uh So, look, they're playing with a ton of confidence. Lamar Jackson looks to be in his 2019 form. We know that they're not going to punt in fourth down situations where they have a chance to score points. And they have a first-round pick as their kicker. A lot of things are going in the right direction for the Baltimore Ravens. My winner is Browns fans. You waited 18 years for a playoff game. You were probably dreading it because you're playing the Steelers. You thought, oh my God, we're going to lose. And you scored 28 points in the first quarter, setting an NFL record. Probably still thought you were going to lose. And then finally you were up by like 20 something points in the fourth quarter and Finally, we're able to relax and say, oh, my God, we are going to win a playoff game. For a lot of people, the first time in their entire life, because the last time they won one was during the 1994 season. Goodness gracious, everyone in Cleveland, Browns fans, the state of Ohio, which includes me because I was raised there, uh, and Kevin Stefanski for watching the entire game from his basement. Oh, wait, are Bengals fans happy about a road playoff win? Over the Steelers, yes. Huh. That's the definition of loserdom. Now, yeah, yeah, yeah. a Bengals fan, I bet 90% of Bengals fans were cheering for the Steelers to lose. Wow. I think that's the first Browns road playoff victory since the 60s. What a loser mentality that is. Oh, like, you have to cheer for one of them. Who, if, if you had to cheer for one, I, I feel like it's probably uh, the Browns that Bengals fans are cheering for. By the way, they ain't holding the Browns Super Bowl parade in Cincinnati, so... I'm going to go, what? You don't know about the parade routes. The last Browns road playoff win. Holy Moses. What's the 60s, wasn't it? December 28th, 1969. That's so long ago. Wilson wasn't even alive. Before the merger. 
at the Cowboys, the coach of the Browns, Blanton Collier. I remember him. That sounds like Freddie Kitchen's pseudonym. <laughs> Blanton, what a great name. Blanton Collier, one hell of a model of America. We don't know any Blantons. Bill Nelson was the quarterback. 18 to 27, 219 yards. So, Tom Landry. They are 0 and 8 in the playoffs since that game. Roger Staubach, was he the quarterback in 69? Yeah, but Craig Morton threw more passes. Oh, Craig Morton also played. Yeah. And you know what's crazy to think about? They played the Vikings in the NFL title game that year. And if they had won, it would have been Browns Chiefs in Super Bowl four. Oh, wow. Two AFC teams. Weird. It would have been weird. Crazy. Uh, my winner. By the way, it's going to be tough to do winners and losers next week with only four teams. Yeah. Or maybe they'll make us quit doing it. Uh, my winner is Sean Payton. So if you were watching the Nickelodeon version. Oh yeah. I saw that part. Well, Sean Payton gets slimed, right? That was afterward in the locker room. But if you're watching the, the Nickelodeon version live as my, like my buddy Garrett was, and you know, I was, but Garrett was watching it with his kids. And I think I'm assuming lots of other people were there tuned into this wonderful Viacom CBS channel, enjoying this moment with their kids. And they're thinking to themselves, Oh my God, we're going to see. Oh, by the way, uh, somebody in chat pointed out, I forgot that not only the, the kick to the bears is the loser here. Mitchell Trubisky won the MVP, which is like the funniest thing on the planet you hear how that happened? For, for Trubisky to win the MVP. Did you hear how that happened? Uh, people voted on a poll. I don't know. I think. PFT commenter had something to do with that. I think he, <laughs> Good for him. He orchestrated the, 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 the rigged vote. The I'm rigged not vote. sure. I'm not sure that Trubisky actually accepted the trophy or not, but well, here's, here's what happened. So it was acknowledged. Uh, and then the rules were stated as such that it has to, the player has to come from a winning team. So that saved uh-huh. him the ignominy of having to answer those questions after losing. Oh That's so great. He won the MVP. So, um, anyway, Cameron. Uh, Cameron Jordan is walking over to do an interview with like Nate Burleson and, and the, and the Nickelodeon crew. And the, they have two giant buckets of slime and kids across America are holding their breath, waiting for Nate, for, for Cameron Jordan, just get absolutely slimed and they don't do it. And there's no slime. What a, like a crippling end to the, what, 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 you know, this, this fun family friendly playoff game. And thankfully Sean Payton, a man of his word. A, an honorable, caring man comes through and s- gets slimed in the Saints locker room, and the Saints put it out on social media. So good for you, Sean Payton. Also, won a playoff game. I kind of want the Saints to win it all now. I'm fine with it. Not because uh, Sean Payton got slimed. I'd just like to see. <laughs> I'd like to see Drew Brees get another one, and Sean Payton to, you know, so I'd like Sean Payton to get you another don't one. Want Aaron Rodgers or another one? What do you got against Aaron Rodgers? Uh, uh... He's not Philip Rivers. That's why. You don't want Tom Brady to win another one? Is he too uh, handsome? I don't. Tom Brady's got enough. I'm fine with Tom Brady. By the way, what what are our uh, preseason Super Bowl picks? What? Let's refresh that. Minor dead. <laughs> you had Steelers. I had Colts, Cowboys. What did you have, Breach? Uh, I had Chiefs, Cowboys. Well, this guy had Buccaneers, Bucks, Ravens. Ooh, that's a good one. And I actually had the Bucks winning. So there's my Tom Brady angle. I don't give anybody who has the Chiefs credit. I know that's cheating. That's that's something that Blank would do. Yeah, it's like Pete. Pete's like, I'm picking the Chiefs and the and the Packers every year until I die. So, well, that's that seems kind of boring. Except and, for this year when he's going to look brilliant. But no, no one else picked the Packers. No, but Pete. The problem for Pete is he loves the Bills. 
And he, I, I was telling him before, I was like, dude, you should pick the Bills to win the Super Bowl. Like, just go on a limb, pick the Bills to win the Super Bowl. And if they do it, you'll be a legend. Or pick the Chiefs like everyone else in America. I should have picked the Bills. Or pick the Ravens. I love the Ravens. I think the Ravens could win it. Now Ravens, Bucks, and the Bucks will win it. Okay. Uh, that's the show. That's a recap for Ryan and John and Will. Uh, we'll be, I'm sure we'll have a podcast tomorrow. I don't know what the hell it's. Oh, it's, we will be with Jonathan Jones talking a little Deshaun Watson rumors, some coach and GM updates on Tuesday morning. First thing. And Jonathan Ooh. Jones picked the Chief Saints Super Bowl. You can talk about that. There you go. Thanks, Breach. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Thanks for hanging out with us late into the night. Be, uh, you can watch us on YouTube. Subscribe, rate, and review. Man, what a fun time. Three hours live. We'll see you guys later. Have a great night. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.